Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Blind Boys Politics. Nicholas Rod here, and I am alone this time around. I'm back. Um, I do apologize for not being here on Friday, but I am back, and it is Chris's turn to be off uh, this time around. He won't be joining us this morning, but I am here to deliver all of the latest and greatest news. And we have quite a bit to get through today, so before we go into any kind of... Uh, you know, intro or anything like that, let's get to the weather as we always do. In Los Angeles this morning, expect clear skies with a high of 90 degrees and a low of 64. In Houston, Texas, you're probably going to see some thunderstorms today with a high of 89 degrees and a low of 79. In Chicago, Partly cloudy skies, a high of 74 and a low of 63. And in New York City, it'll be mostly clear today with a high of 82 and a low of 65. But it's been pretty eventful uh, since I've last been here. Uh, you know, the last time I was here was, well, Wednesday for our Dumb Law episode, but a lot has happened since we did, uh, you know, since the last time I was on a full news episode. So last Tuesday, I actually got signed up for college classes, which is ridiculously exciting. I'm way more excited about it than I thought I would be. I mean, I expected to be uh, pretty prepared, pre- prepared, sorry, for all of it, um, but it's still like really exciting and really weird to think about, you know, the fact that I'm going into college, the fact that it's actually here and it's happening. Um, you know, it's just something that I dreamed of for a while, you know, finishing up with high school, getting into college, following the path that I wanted to pursue. But now that it's actually here, it almost just feels surreal. It almost doesn't even feel real, which is kind of cool in a way. Um, it's definitely going to feel real when it <laughs> when it starts, though. I know that I'm guessing the work will uh, will make me realize that hey, this is actually happening. But it'll be really cool because I mean I'm doing everything online, which I prefer. I prefer doing everything online. That's what I was shooting for, and I almost didn't get it. I almost had to. Uh, I almost had to go on campus and live on campus. There were a few classes that we almost didn't find online options for, but I lucked out and I managed to find my way in and everything just worked out just absolutely fantastically. I I was so happy walking out of the, out of the building that day and it was, it was great. So I'm getting prepared for that. I'm getting everything ready there and it's great. And then, the rest of the week was pretty quiet, at least until Saturday, when I actually had a pretty big party at my grandma's house. Um, it was really cool. So it was a giant party uh, within my family to celebrate numerous graduations as well as some birthdays. So we decided to have just one big hurrah to celebrate the graduations of me, my two step siblings, my cousins, and the birthdays of several people 
in my family and it was just a lot of fun it was really good getting to socialize with everything i got to meet my nephew for the first time which is so crazy to say that i have a nephew oh my god but he is adorable unfortunately i did not get the chance to hold him but i wanted to so badly <laughs> you know but i couldn't unfortunately um but he was absolutely adorable only a month old now and uh i gotta say for being a month old and in that loud party setting he did really well he was very well behaved which was really cool to see um but it was a great time getting to talk to everyone socialize with everyone just enjoy the day had some amazing cake um and just had a really good time not, not even just the cake was good. The food the food we had, like the lunch or... Yeah, I guess you'd call it lunch. Um, was absolutely delicious as well. I had a lot to eat too. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. But beyond those two things, it's been a relatively quiet week. Um, you know, that's nothing really new for me. I don't do a whole lot. I know last time I was on, I said I wanted to do some golfing, some bowling maybe. I haven't gotten a chance to do that, but it looks like that might be coming up here this week. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, but we'll just have to see. Unfortunately, Chris won't be joining me for that bowling excursion, so I can't make any bets with him uh, here on the show for that one. But um, we'll, we'll find a way to work that back in here at some point down the line. Because, you know, it's fun to have that competitive edge here on this show. You guys get to see, uh, well, usually it's Chris beating me, but I, I don't like to admit that. <laughs> but like I said, we do have a lot to get through this morning, so we better jump right in. And we start off, as we always do on Monday mornings, with a COVID-19 update. And with the Delta variant spreading like it is... It has caused a seven-day average of new cases to rise to 66,606 cases per day. That is a 64.1% increase from the previous seven-day average. Approximately 190 million people in the U.S., have received one shot of the COVID-19 vaccines. That is about 57.2% of the population. And approximately 164 million people are fully vaccinated. In other words, that is about 49.4% of the population. That means we are close to having 50% of the population here in the U.S. fully vaccinated. Last week, there was a new CDC report that came out uh, saying that the Delta variant can be spread about as easily as chickenpox, and it can also be transmitted uh, quite widely by people who are fully vaccinated. And data and reports like these have led to several mask and or vaccine mandates across the country and at all levels of government, which we'll actually talk about right now because there's a lot involved in those. Uh, there are also articles about it that we've written throughout the past week, so hop over to Medium uh, through the link in the show notes and take a look at those. But now moving into the vaccine mandates, and 
we really are hearing more and more about the vaccine mandates. Just last week, the Department of Veterans Affairs announced that COVID-19 vaccines are actually mandatory for the department's health care personnel who work in veteran health administration facilities and provide direct care to those who the VA services. And the start time for this vaccine mandate is about eight weeks. So that means that the employees of that department have about eight weeks to get fully vaccinated. Some colleges and universities all across the country are requiring vaccine mandates as well. Along with that, nursing homes and even state governments are requiring vaccines for their employees. President Biden also announced on Thursday that all federal employees will get a choice either to get a COVID-19 vaccine or they will be subjected to weekly COVID-19 testing or they also have the option to stop being a federal employee and to work for someone else. And we'll get back to that later because we have details on things like that as well. Now, it's only a matter of time before other employers across the United States impose their own vaccination requirements, so let's talk about your legal rights within this situation. There are five facts that you need to know in all this. First off, understand that no one is forcing you to do anything. You have a choice in all this. Generally, your choice is either to get the vaccine or find another job that doesn't require it. In some cases, you might also get the choice to be tested weekly, but that will not always be an option. You may be given a religious or medical exemption, but those are very specific in terms of the American for Disabilities Act and how that all works. Second off, yeah, some states have introduced new laws that would prohibit vaccine mandates, but those state laws only prohibit state and local governments from mandating the vaccine for employees. They have absolutely no jurisdiction over the federal government um, and whether or not they decide to impose those kinds of mandates. Thirdly, Earlier in July, the Department of Justice released a document saying that, yes, your employer can mandate the COVID-19 vaccine even under the emergency use authorization status as a condition of your employment. You can claim a religious or medical exemption if verified by your employer, and as long as it doesn't cause undue harm to your employer, you can also be given a reasonable accommodation, though that is not guaranteed. This would include adjusted hours. You may be required to wear a mask or social distance from the other employees. Fourth, in no way is this a HIPAA violation. HIPAA only applies to healthcare providers and employees of the healthcare provider, and that's all. Fifth and finally, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and OSHA are all on board with this. Both organizations say requiring vaccinations 
can be a term of your employment as long as the mandate doesn't violate the ADA. Just to note, it's not considered a reportable event if you have a negative reaction to the vaccine. Now moving on to federal mask mandates. If you're one of the millions of Americans who works for the federal government, you're going to have to prove that you're vaccinated against COVID-19. Either that, or you will be subjected to several other requirements that you may not like too much. President Biden announced on Thursday if you are a current federal employee or on-site contractor, and soon all other federal contractors too, you will be asked to attest to your vaccination status. If you say that you are not vaccinated or you refuse to say whether you are vaccinated or not, you will be required to wear a mask on the job no matter your geographical location. You will also be required to physically distance from all other employees and visitors. And beyond that, you must comply with weekly or twice-weekly COVID-19 testing. The president is also asking the Department of Defense to look into how and when they will add COVID-19 vaccines to its list of required vaccines for members of the military. The federal government will also reimburse small and medium-sized businesses who give their employees paid time off to get themselves or their family members vaccinated. Plus, the Biden administration is also asking state, territory, and local governments to incentivize people to get vaccinated by offering them. The president has also said that these two programs will be paid for by using the money already set aside for states through the American Rescue Plan passed back in March of this year. Lastly, the president is requiring all who work in or visit a federal building in areas of substantial or high community transmission to wear a mask regardless of vaccination status. Now, moving away from COVID-19, we have some news about infrastructure, some pretty major news actually. The more than $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill has gotten one step closer to becoming a reality. You probably saw the vote in the Senate, but this is far from over. There are two important things that you need to know. First off, last week's vote was not a yes or no for passing the infrastructure bill that would give the green light to fund the new spending for transportation, roads, railroads, and etc. It is estimated to cost $1.2 trillion over the next eight years, with about $559 billion in new spending. The vote was just an agreement to officially move forward with debate in the Senate. They still need to pass the bill in the Senate, with 60 votes and then get the House to pass it as well. The second thing to know is that this is only the first part of the entire infrastructure package. The White House and Democrats do want another part added to this, which by the end of all this could lead the package to costing about $3.5 trillion. 
This second part would include what the Biden administration is calling human infrastructure. Human infrastructure includes things like funding childcare, education, healthcare, and efforts to curb climate change. And there is also more beyond that as well. This second part of the package, this human infrastructure part, Democrats are planning to pass along party lines through reconciliation. Before we get ahead of ourselves and look too deeply into the future, let's look at the $1 trillion package, which is currently in the debate phase. According to Republican negotiators, the bill's pay-fors have gotten approval from Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. In fact, more than 17 Republicans voted to begin the debate, along with all of the Democrats. This measure will be on the floor for at least another week, and possibly longer than that. On Sunday night, the bill was finally written for senators to start reviewing. And senators say that their hope is to have a vote on the bill before Thursday of this week. Moving right along again, we get into eviction. Now, we don't want to alarm anyone, but the federal eviction moratorium has officially expired, leaving millions of Americans on the hook for over a year of back rent and utilities. After Saturday, your state may protect you, but federally, it's all over. We have told you in several episodes before that this day was coming. The eviction moratorium that has been in place since the beginning of the pandemic was not ever rent forgiveness. It has always been rent forbearance, and you do need to pay all of that rent back to your landlord. Congress set aside almost $50 billion in rental assistance through the American Rescue Plan, and it was distributed to every state. But as so many of you have been very vocal about and widely documented, there is a large jam in distributing that money. A lot of people might be wondering, well, why is this? Well, states say that they haven't had adequate systems, which has made it hard to handle these kinds of distributions, and it's been very difficult for them to set up programs to get all this money out. Along with this, there's hesitancy from states to sign off on this amount of money without any documentation of need from the renters. If you are one of those worried renters, well, what can you do? Well, you're a little late when it comes to federal aid, but still, you need to stop everything that you're doing and go to the Treasury website at treasury.gov and search rental assistance. You'll find the corresponding program for your state or your county, and you can get help that way. Staying on economic talks, about 1.5 million of you could be seeing on average a $1,600 payment from the IRS. The IRS announced that it has issued another round of unemployment tax refunds this week to about, again, a million and a half Americans for overpaid taxes on their unemployment benefits. According to the IRS, the average refund is $1,686. The payments went out by direct deposit on July 28th, and the paper checks went out 
on Friday, July 30th. The IRS is in the process of recalculating already filed 2020 tax returns to determine who is eligible for one of these refunds. They'll be recurring in batches, and this was the fourth round of those payments that went out. The IRS says it has finished recalculating the simplest returns, so now it's time to focus on the more complicated ones. Now, if you aren't in this batch, don't worry. The IRS is going to continue to recalculate tax returns and refund taxpayers who are owed throughout the summer. Keep in mind, if you're owed a refund and have an outstanding state or federal tax bill or some other kind of debt, this refund can be garnished. To qualify, you need to meet these three requirements. First, you were on unemployment in 2020. Secondly, you paid taxes on the unemployment income. And lastly, you had a modified adjusted income of less than $150,000. If all three of those requirements are met and apply to you, that means that the first $10,200 of your unemployment is tax-free. If you paid your full taxes on that amount, you'll be getting the tax payment back. Because of this recalculation of income, you may also now qualify for other tax breaks and benefits. You can go to irs.gov for info on that. Now moving over to the child tax credit. If you want to opt out of the child tax credit so that you do not get $300 or $250 depending on your child's age, today is the deadline to unenroll. If you want to unenroll, go to irs.gov slash child tax credit 2021. Well, that is the end of our main news segment for this morning. Now let's move into rapid news. With 70% of adults immunized, England will reopen its borders to some tourists on Monday, including to fully vaccinated Americans. And secondly, Kroger and Walmart are both requiring masks as the Delta variant spreads. Now it's that time of the week again. We get into good news. And before I start, Chris was wondering if I'd approve of his good news story on Friday. I did. It was a very uh, unique story for sure. Definitely definitely different from the ones that we've seen uh, and talked about on this show in, in the past. But I definitely approved of it. It was a unique find, and it was it was very interesting for sure. I enjoyed it. But now it's time for my story. The Good News King is back and ready to go. And I have a pretty remarkable story. So, for this morning's story, a teacher at a private school in Maryland had given birth to her son. But there was just one problem that they had to face. Her husband, three years prior, had had to get brain surgery to remove a tumor, which afterwards had left him with some physical challenges. Uh, This included him having to move around in a wheelchair. So the big problem that they were facing was how was he going to be able to, you know, take walks with his son and be out with his son 
and all that. So this teacher, she reached out to the tech lab, the technology lab in the school. And the teacher for that technology lab uh, handed the project over to a couple of his students to try and figure out. Well, what they came up with was a design that allowed the wheelchair to connect to the stroller, which then would allow for safe travel for both the husband and his son. And beyond that, the design that these students came up with actually won two international designer awards. So they evidently came up with an amazing design for this. Now, this story is remarkable for a few different reasons. And I know I, I uh, speak of a lot of these stories. I say the word remarkable a lot. Remarkable, amazing. I'm running out of superlatives. I need to find more. <laughs> for sure. But this story is absolutely amazing. There it is again. But <laughs> it's great because, you know, for this kind of project to be handed to students at a school, uh, to ask the students to come up with this design, they could have asked uh, some company to do it. They could have done like some research to try and find different options online or something like that. But instead, they decide to hand the task over uh, to the technology lab instead and see what the students could do. And the fact that these students were able to then take this idea, take this task, and actually create a design that won international awards, that's just, there's no words for that. You know, and now the father, the, the teacher's husband, can, you know, take strolls with the family travel with the son without having to worry about any safety concerns. Don't doesn't have to worry about, you know, anything going wrong. It's a nice, sturdy, safe design. And, you know, he doesn't have to worry about those kind of complications at this point, which is everything. Because this, you know, even though I'm not a father at this point in my life, you know, I can only imagine how important that kind of uh, experience is and how much it must mean to this teacher's husband to have this opportunity now uh, to not have to worry about these concerns, to just be able to go out and enjoy the time with his son. Um, you know, there, there are no words to explain how special that really is. And so good job to the students. So happy for that family. And just all around, absolutely wonderful. But that is the end of this morning's episode. We will be back on Wednesday for another episode of Dumb Laws. And on Friday, we'll be back for another round of news. But until then, go and give us a follow on Twitter at BlindBoyPolitik, where you will get all the latest news updates and all the breaking stories. Everything that has to do with news, you will get over there. Also, follow us on our personal accounts. Chris and I have some interesting, uh, you know, interesting rants, some good chatter. Everything happens over there. So hop over there and see what all is going on there. Finally, hop over to Medium and check out our articles. Over there, we talk about things that we do not discuss here on the podcast. It's all new. It's all different. So go over there and get yourself your extra injection of news. 
But that is it for me this morning, guys. Have a great Monday morning. Have a great Monday just in general. And we'll see you guys back here on Wednesday for Dumb Law. Bye, guys.